Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Thursday. We've got an awesome show planned for you today. My buddy Brendan Marks of The Athletic stopping by to talk a little bit about the Stukeman's basketball season set to get underway. If you haven't done so already, Please follow and subscribe to the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast for free wherever you get them. Leave us a five-star rating and review. It means the world when you take the time to do that for us. Watch the show daily on YouTube. Leave us some comments on YouTube. Subscribe. We love interacting there with you as you watch the show each and every day. Our thanks again to Drew Carter from ESPN and the ACC Network for joining us on yesterday's show. We move forward today talking all things hoops with my good buddy Brendan Marks of the athletic and Brendan here we are on this Thursday counting down the days at this point to the start of the men's basketball season and uh, practice is taking place man it's going to be here before we know it yeah absolutely Duke had its first official practice this week and uh you know we've been talking about this for so many months now but the John Shire era is officially underway you know we like talking about you know him officially taking over and bringing in the freshman class and recruits and everything but um as he told us yesterday at Duke Media Day um, the first day of practice is sort of when everything washes over you and it really hits you that, you know, this is happening. It's a whole new era. So uh, very exciting day yesterday, getting to speak to him, getting to speak to assistant coaches and, and the whole roster. Um, it's going to be an interesting season. That's for certain. Aside from, you know, what John Shire is saying in that sort of thing this week, getting a chance to view him, to see him in this light and that sort of thing. Is there a noticeable difference at all now that he's the one walking in and sitting in the head coach's chair as another basketball season gets started. Did you notice anything? I, I would say the biggest noticeable difference is just demeanor. Um, he clearly is, you know, for, for so many years, I don't know if people really knew this just from, but like interacting with John Shire on a daily or weekly or whatever long basis, um, he was always very good natured and he still is obviously, um, but was always very loose, very fun, very cool. And there's, he still is. But there's definitely more of a serious tone when he was speaking yesterday. It's much more authoritative. Um, and, and you could tell that he is sort of, I, I don't know if it's responsibility that he feels. I don't know if it's um, you know familiarity, if it's comfort. But there's definitely a sense that this is my job. This is my role. I'm in a different position now. And I, as serious as I've taken my job since I've been back at Duke, it's a whole nother level now because I'm in charge of everything. So um, you definitely got the sense that he he – this was not assistant coach John Shire. This was head coach John Shire. Um, and I think that's a good thing because he, he needs to think that way. He needs to adopt that mentality, uh, especially if he's going to try and have the success that his predecessor did. What's the most interesting thing you've heard from others within the program on this same very topic, on folks that are with him each and every day? Now he is being more serious. Now he is having that authoritative voice, like you're saying. What's been the most interesting? I, I think it is um, – you think about John Shire, and he is uh, the most recent and and probably you know the most notable just because of the position that he's in branch off of the Coach K coaching tree. And throughout the industry, if you talk to any number of coaches who have come from that tree, whether it's Dawkins, whether it's Collins, whether it was Wojo at Marquette, you know whoever it may be. Um, but you go and you talk to all these guys, and they all say, "I've adapted X Y Z from Coach K." Um, 
for John Shire, last year he he had the specific and unique vantage point of being in the room when Coach K was doing everything while also knowing, hey, like that's me in a year. And so I don't know if it was subconscious or whatnot, but one of the things that is interesting to hear is uh, that it sounds like something that he has absolutely picked up from Coach K, and he'll have his own Shireism as K had his Kisms like Verve and uh, We Got Knocked Back and Amazing. Um, he'll have some of those too. But I certainly think that um, one thing that Coach K always did that was something that his former players appreciated, and me, you know, as a member of the media, I appreciated. Um, is he would always go outside of basketball to try and connect what his point was to something that may be more relatable to players or to coaches or, or to us as reporters. Um, and it sounds like John Shire is certainly also a fan of analogies. Um, and so I, I think, you know, maybe whether he recognizes it or not, certainly so much of what Coach K did has rubbed off on him. And I think that's to be expected. Um, but it's interesting to see how like the demeanor and stealing that, uh, you know, very noticeable tell of Coach K's are, are two things that have shined pretty brightly early in his tenure. So with John Shire now being the head coach, that means the assistant coaches have to step up. And we've had many conversations over the last year. We, we've had conversations dating back to the announcement taking place that Coach K is going to wind down and that sort of thing, Brendan. But with these new assistant coaches in new spots, right, their direct report is much different. It's not Mike Krzyzewski anymore. It's John Shire. Anything different there, or what have you heard from some of those guys? Well, I, I mean, obviously, I think it's it's different, and I think it's notable um, that John Shire still brought in Jay Lucas, and I know we've talked about that before, but um, bringing in someone who had the reputation that he did, someone who has the, the teaching background that he and the entire Lucas family, really, I mean, his dad, his grandfather, um, they've all sort of had that educator mindset. But being willing to go outside of the family to do that, I think is something that I, you know I, I just can't applaud enough. And um, when you're at a place like Duke or a North Carolina or Kentucky or Kansas, like your alumni base is so vast and so impressive that you don't have to do that. You know, as we've seen with Coach K the last two decades or so, keeping things in the family is very easy. Um, just down the road, Hubert Davis is doing the same thing. He's keeping things in the family, hiring all former North Carolina players. So I thought it was interesting that for his first hire, um, Jay Lucas was a priority for him. And the diversity of thought is something that I think is going to pay dividends immediately. Um, Jay was really highly respected at Kentucky, has already started to make dividends on the on the recruiting trail. Um, and now having gotten to see parts or pieces of two different practices this summer, including yesterday when we got to watch about 15 minutes, um, you can understand why. Because he is in he is a passionate teacher. He is someone who is hands-on. Um, and I think when you're talking about like he obviously mainly works with the guards, was a former guard himself. Um, when you see him working with those guys, his ability to quite literally show them what he's doing, and it's the same sort of idea with Emil Jefferson, uh, is just really, really influential for these guys. Because when you can see, and Chris Carrawell says this all the time, he likes to, you know, bemoan his own body starting to fail him. He can't necessarily do those things anymore. <laughs> Emil can, Jay can, and to an extent, so can John. And so having coaches who are able to do those things. This is one of the youngest coaching staffs in the country, but being willing to be a little bit adventurous in terms of hiring outside the family, hiring young guys, empowering them, um, I think is certainly different. And, and it really just, from talking to people in the industry and in the program, it just seems like there's sort of a whole new vibe at Duke, which is going to be really interesting to watch. There's certainly a lot to like about uh, this Duke coaching staff coming together as the new season gets started and practice underway. We'll talk a little bit more about those practice notes with Brendan Marks after our first time out here on today's program. 
Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one source for football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find, including this weekend's game between Duke and Virginia, first ACC football game for the Blue Devils at Wallace Wade Stadium. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Brendan Marks of The Athletic. And we've been talking about practice, and you've got a story out for The Athletic that I would really encourage uh, folks to go and check out. And I haven't done this before, so allow me once to do this, uh, but just greatly applaud the lead that you went with in the story yesterday, Brendan, because I'm reading it, and you're making a great point about how tall basketball players are, and we're looking up all the time, and I have zero idea where you're trying to go with this, Brendan. I want to know the idea for this and ultimately where the point went to, because it really was... I was like, wow, I, I wish I was clever enough to come up with something like that. That was good stuff. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you know, I think especially yesterday uh, in the throngs of meeting everyone on the team, um, you know, and, and you've met some of these guys before. You know, I, I go on the recruiting trail and I'm able to go to certain events and to go to guys' houses. But um, yesterday was the first time that we got to meet the entire team. And when these guys are walking in, you know, you're looking up to talk to all of them. Quite, and, and it's because their height is impressive, but also because – when we're talking to these guys, we're talking to their faces, right? Like when, just as when you talk to anybody else. But for me, ever since I've been doing this, it's just constantly straining up. And so I just, you know, was in the mindset of always looking up. And, and I thought it was so interesting that for somebody like Derek Whitehead, who is also gigantic, um, it was the opposite phenomenon. Everybody, when he looked up, when he walked into the room, rather than looking up at his face like he normally would, everybody looked down to look at his foot and to see if that surgically repaired fractured right foot uh, was still in an air boot or not. And, and it was not. And John Shire told us that he received an x-ray yesterday and there's really positive news about the direction Derek is coming with his rehab. Um, but no, certainly I thought it was just an interesting dynamic and uh, obviously something that everybody in, in the Duke basketball community is watching just to see how he turns out. And just a remarkable way for you to lead off a story. Uh, you know, I've never, um, took you to be some six foot seven human walking around or anything like that, Brendan, uh, but certainly related to you in that moment. And, and of course, everyone kind of wanted to know what the status of that foot injury was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, Duke, Duke has, uh, there's good news and not as good news. The good news is obviously that Derek's out of the boot and that's great right. news. Um, I broke my foot when I was in college and it took about eight weeks, obviously a very different circumstance here. Um, but that is sort of the general time frame for how these injuries go. Derek's about a month out now. So, um, he hasn't the, the not as good news and it's not really bad news. It's just a little more nebulous is there is still no firm timetable for his return. Um, and so I say, you know, it's about an eight week normal recovery for that type of injury that would put him back in about a month from now, uh, at the end of October. So a week or two before the start of the season, could you potentially see him miss countdown to craziness or see him miss, uh, you know, the, the exhibition games or the season opener against Jacksonville? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I don't think that Duke is going to need his services to take care of those opponents, but obviously that Kansas matchup is, is looming, um, in the second weekend in November. And so everybody's looking to see. One, if Derek will be back whatsoever by that point. Um, and again, 
that is the point of concern and there not being a firm timetable yet. And uh, he maintained yesterday that he'll be back sometime in the fall. I thought it was really interesting. The past couple of weeks, Duke has had various alums come back and um, RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish and, and Jason Tatum. And Tatum, as everybody remembers, uh, had a similar foot injury. He sprained it, didn't have the fracture, but um, ended up missing eight games of his only season in Duke. And I think that was the right decision based on the way the rest of his careers turned out. And basically that was the message that when Tatum was back on campus, he conveyed to Derek and said, look, um, you have your whole basketball future ahead of you. You have the whole season ahead of you. Take the time, get yourself right. Because if you rush yourself back, you're going to do short-term and long-term damage. And so um, certainly there's, there's just an element of patience here. I don't think this is something that's going to linger into the conference schedule by any means. Um, but you would like to have sort of a, a, a clear return to injury, but obviously being cautious in this case is the understandable decision. And such a big factor into what Duke's going to be able to do this year. A lot of people uh, project Derek to be the top scorer for this team when it's all said and done. His ability to put in the the, bow, the ball in the bucket is second to none, and so a lot of people really do think that uh, he will be the leading guy. So this kind of changes the dynamic of what you're working with as practice gets going. And then Duke also had their fair share of guys recovering from injuries throughout the summer and fall portions of the schedule leading up. Right, Brendan? I mean, this hasn't been a full roster put all the way together just yet. It's wild to think, but, you know, if we say that Dorit gets back a week or two before the season starts, for example, that's going to be the first time that John Shires had his full team together, which is bonkers. Um, because over the summer, uh, obviously, Dariq was healthy at that point and was going through workouts and everything. But um, Jacob Grandison, transfer from Illinois, was still recovering from a shoulder injury that he suffered at the end of last season. And obviously, Tyrese Proctor um, was still playing internationally in Australia. And, and, and so he wasn't on campus yet. Uh, they are both now good. They're both full participants. Um, John Shire did mention yesterday that Derek Lively had gotten his calf dinged up a little bit, but he's also back now and was going through practice yesterday. So uh, it's it's a weird phenomenon that a first time head coach who has known you know what the bones of this roster is going to look like for a couple of months now might not actually have all the pieces on the floor together until a week or even after the season starts. Um, but I think that really fits sort of into the composition of the roster in general. You know, this is not going to be last year when there was one starting lineup and then a second one once A.J. Griffin got healthy. I, I fully believe this is going to be a fluid rotation. I think that there's, you know, at least eight, if not nine guys who weren't playing time, certainly eight, you can make the argument for nine. Um, and as a result of that, and as a result of different matchup matchups with opponents, I think you're going to see a lot of malleability with this starting five. Like, Jeremy Roach and Derek Lively are the two constants to me. And outside of that, I think there's a lot of different ways that John Shire can go. And that is um, the beauty of this roster. It's the challenge of this roster. Um, but it's certainly going to make for a lot for us to watch and keep track of this season. Yeah, and we'll be able to formulate so many opinions on this Duke basketball team throughout the year because of it, because so many different parts and that sort of thing. And I want to talk a little bit more about that after our final timeout here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Make sure after you conclude watching Locked On Blue Devils today, you get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second watch and second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On, like myself, take you across the conference in 30 minutes. What you need to do, go make Locked On ACC your second listen of the day. And while you're at it, also go check out Locked On Panthers. Here in the state of North Carolina, the Panthers picked up their first win of the season this past weekend by knocking off the New Orleans Saints. Go check out what Julian Council has to say about the Carolina Panthers. 
Back here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Brendan Marks of The Athletic. And talking about this roster coming together, I'm glad that you mentioned it there at the very end, Brendan. You threw in Derek Lively into the bunch as well. I was going to start with the returner for the Stuke basketball team, their junior point guard. That's the one certain thing we know about this team is that uh, starting lineups, uh, configurations, Roach is always going to be a part of the mix there at that point guard spot. Yeah, he is. And he's, you know, he's going to play as much as anybody on this roster. And you can understand why you look at what he did during the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, he was, if not the second most important, certainly a top three player in driving Duke to the final four. You know, you look at what he did, you look at what Mark Williams did and Paolo Bencaro. And, and those, those were really the guys. I mean, they were, they were channeling the engine. Um, so yeah, Jeremy's going to play a ton. But the interesting thing is that I do think he has the luxury now of having Tyrese Proctor there. And Tyrese Proctor is somebody who can spell him effectively. Um, so I don't think that, you know, especially at the early start of the season, when Duke's going through some of these non-conference games that um, maybe they'll have a little bit less trouble with, I do think you're going to see some some roster and lineup permutations that maybe don't include Jeremy Roach. Um, you know, this is something that myself and a couple of the other reporters were speculating about yesterday when we were watching practice, but um, – you know, it is conceivable that John Shire can go to a supersized lineup and he can have Tyrese Proctor as his primary ball handler at the one. He can have Jacob Grandison next to him, put Mark Mitchell at the three, have Kyle Filipowski at the four and Derek Lively at the five. And you've got a roster with five dudes all taller than six foot five, um, three of them being six foot nine or longer. Like that is absurd size. At the same time, you can have the opposite. You can have John Shire go super, super small. He can have Jeremy Roach in there. He can have Tyrese Proctor in there. He can have Whitehead in there. He can have Grandison in there. And you can have Mark Mitchell as a small ball five. You got five guys all six foot eight or shorter. So there's a lot, a lot of flexibility here. And, and the name of the game this season is going to be versatility, which is why someone like a Derek Whitehead who can shift up and down the lineup is going to be so valuable. Um, one guy that I want to mention who I don't know if he's getting uh, enough attention maybe someone who I'm actually working on a story about right now is Mark Mitchell. This dude is huge. <laughs> this man, this man is gigantic. Uh, he's got longer than a seven foot wingspan, already six foot eight looks muscled up. And that's obviously the primary focus of Duke's off season is trying to get guys bigger and bulkier into their full body potential. Um, Mark, I think has the potential to be Duke's best defender this season. He is going to be someone that they switch one through four, potentially one through five. He's long. He's athletic. Uh, he's strong. He, he's someone who I think is sort of a forgotten five-star almost when you're talking about Proctor and Lively and Flip and Whitehead. Um, Mark Mitchell's a really good player, and he's going to play a lot of minutes this season. It's, it's going to be a challenge for John Shire uh, trying to keep everybody happy because there are so many guys who deserve time. Brendan, while I might not have been able to come up with the lead that you had in your most recent story there for The Athletic, I promise you, you somehow, some way, found a way to think the exact same way I do because those are the next two talking points I wanted to go to directly uh, to kind of wrap us up here in Tyrese Proctor and in Mark Mitchell. Uh, credit to the Duke men's basketball social media staff putting out clips every now and again of these guys in the gym because Tyrese Proctor – was such this big question mark being the latest arrival all the way from Australia for Duke fans to now see him out there on the floor. All we're seeing is an occasional wide open dunk on a full court drill that they're doing or whatever. But still to see the guy in uniform himself speaks volumes to what we could see uh, coming up this season. So uh, just actually getting to see Tyrese Proctor integrate himself into the Duke men's basketball team 
what can he bring versatility wise to that backcourt? He brings a lot. And, and, you know, as a couple of guys said yesterday, like Tyrese is a pro. Um, he just is, you know, he's six foot five. He is, he, I, I thought it was very interesting. The first thing that John Shire brought up with him was how strong he is, um, especially compared to the way he looks. And, and he doesn't look physically maybe necessarily overwhelming. He's obviously sort of lean, um, but he's strong. You know, you can see it in his shoulders. You can see it in his arms. You can see it in his, in his back. Um, and yesterday when you're seeing him go through practice and after talking to him, um, it's going to be fun to watch this dude initiate offense. He is a willing, capable, and creative passer. And uh, I was talking to Jaden Shute for a couple of minutes when you know he was shuffling in and out of his rotation. And he said, you know, I love playing with Tyrese because even if I'm not looking at him, I always have to be expecting the ball because uh, he'll throw those no look passes. You know, he'll get a little, he'll throw a little Mahomes action at you. Um, and so I, I definitely saw some of that in practice. I think the Duke fans are going to see some of that, but. Um, he's a creative passer. He's he's a gifted scorer. Um, he's very explosive, stronger than he looks. Um, the thing that he told us yesterday was his new priority, sort of in concordance with the rest of Duke's uh, identity this season, is his defensive attention. That's sort of his big priority between now and the start of the season is really honing in on that. Um, defense is going to be the bedrock of this Duke team. And uh, Tyrese is going to be a huge part of it. So I would not at all be surprised if he starts next to Jeremy Roach. I would not be surprised if he comes off the bench and is a six man, but plays a ton of minutes. Um, but he's going to be one of those key top eight players for Duke. He's going to play a ton of minutes. And um, depending on how well he plays and how much he plays, uh, I hope Duke fans enjoy it because there's a chance that he's only in Durham for one season. Yeah. And what I was going to say is, is again, with Mark Mitchell now being another freshman for the Duke team, they've got so many freshmen, it's hard to keep up with all of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're going to have guys that you talk more frequently about. That's been the case throughout the entire recruiting process and as they have arrived on campus. And once again, we find ourselves not talking about Mark Mitchell set to wear number 25 on his jersey this upcoming season for Duke. You mentioned you're going to have uh, a bit of a story coming out about him uh, on The Athletic. And so I certainly don't want to spoil too much of it right now. What I want to do, though, to wrap up is let people know how they can get plugged in to what you've got going on, Brendan, so that they can watch that story uh, or excuse me, read that story on Mark Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all, all of my coverage is over at theathletic.com. Uh, if you don't have a subscription by now, I'm biased, but I, I think we're the most comprehensive sports writing outlet in the world at this point. Um, you know, if you're a fan of any major American sport, international soccer, you know, fantasy football, uh, whatever it may be, we have dedicated teams and writers. And obviously that applies to college basketball as well. So uh, I'm over on Twitter, please, you know, come interact with me. I, uh, I try not to upset too many people too often, but uh, sports are supposed to be fun and interacting with fans is, is a good part of that for me. So uh, we'll definitely have more on Mark. I, I don't know that he's getting the credit that he deserves. I think he's probably the guy on this roster who's going to surprise people the most. I, I really think he's going to be an impactful player. And um, again, same sort of deal with Tyrese, depending on how well he plays might be a, a one season showing for him in Durham. He's, he's that talented. Well, I can't re wait to read all of it and to, uh, again, follow the work that you've got at Brendan R. Marks on Twitter for folks to go find all of your stuff over there and do yourself a favor, subscribe to The Athletic. I agree. I'll second the endorsement. The best comprehensive sports writing that you could find is definitely over there at The Athletic. Basketball season's going to be here before we know it, Brendan, so we'll be sure to talk to you uh, in the near future. Thank you again for coming back on the show today.
Absolutely, JJ. You know it. I hope you're well. Hope all the listeners are well. And uh, thanks for the endorsement. Not sure we deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my good pal, Brendan Marks of The Athletic, joining me on today's show. And please do yourself a favor and go look at all of their work over at The Athletic and read the stories that Brendan puts out there. Really did love the lead that he had in that story yesterday on Derek Whitehead and the injury that he's coming back to his foot. Basketball season right around the corner. We've got to get you ready for a Duke and Virginia football game coming up this weekend as well. Mike Elko versus Tony Elliott, two first-year head football coaches. Going to be a fun one coming up this weekend. We'll talk more about it on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.